This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerist, CPA with Parr Mellison Associates. So the summer months are tax planning season for my clients going down through, seeing how the year has been so far and trying to forecast the rest of the year and also trying to figure out what we can do to minimize taxes as much as possible in a smart, ineffective way. One of my favorite strategies to save money on taxes is contributing to a retirement account and a taxable retirement account or pre-tax retirement account. But what you might not know is there are times where you might want to think about not taking a deduction for your retirement. That's exactly what we're going to talk about this week. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. Navitrax will move you into the SMS fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Great news. You now have a hiring partner to help you with the heavy lifting of hiring your next superstar. Introducing Promotive, a full-service staffing solution for your auto repair shop. Visit them online at gopromotive.com. Before we get into Roth IRAs, deductible, non-deductible, anything like that, I have to put a disclaimer out here. This is not meant to be investing advice. This is not meant to be retirement advice on specifically what moves you should take and what you shouldn't take. Um, I am not a qualified financial planner or financial investment person, right? I'm an accountant. My job here is to educate you on your options and what they are out there so that hopefully when you do talk to one of these professionals, you know a little bit and kind of know some of the ins and outs of this. And honestly, tax professional, accounting professional like myself, a lot of times works closely with a retirement uh, advisor because they're strategies that are dependent on taxes. And so it's not, hey, I should be getting advice from them, not them. You need to be used in unison. We say this a lot with lawyers too, right? If you want to go and you want to set up some stuff and you want to make changes to your entity or new location or whatever it is, a lawyer is always going to have a certain set of advice to you, but their mindset is generally going to be on the legal protection side. They don't necessarily care about the reporting of the tax standpoint or they might not know. Same thing on a financial planner, right? If they don't know what's going on in your taxes, how much you make and stuff like that, it could really kind of limit the options that you possibly have or give them a lot better information on what to do specifically. So now that disclaimers out of the way and I'm not going to have someone send me hate mail, hey, why are you trying to, you know, give people advice on this? No, not advice. If you take this as advice, you're hearing it wrong. I'm educating you on your options. Now, there's some of these things on here where are going to be a little examples. Some of the stuff is stuff that I use firsthand. Now that the legal jargon is out of the way, let's get into this. We talk about IRAs, we talk about 401ks, and there is a ton of different kinds that we've talked about before. And I look back to see, and and it's kind of weird when I've been doing this as long as I have been, I think this is episode 79 or 79 of my notes, I'm usually off by one or two, but I've been doing this a long time, so I always forget, hey, have I ever touched on this? And I've done a couple episodes on retirement, but generally that stuff is focused on the pre-tax contributions. So that's going to be traditional IRAs, simple IRAs. That's going to be 401ks as well. 
Now, the reason why those are the most popular and really the most common that you see is no one likes paying taxes, right? No one likes to say, hey, I'm going to put this money somewhere, but I'm not going to get instant gratification or any sort of instant tax deductions. And that right there in a nutshell is really the big difference between those options and a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. And when you think about a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k, for all intents and purposes of what we're talking about today, are virtually the exact same vehicle. Now, Roth 401k, you can do some different things with that you cannot in a tra traditional Roth IRA, but generally the big thing and the difference there is going to be contribution amounts. How they actually work is going to be very similar. The idea here with a Roth IRA versus a, let's just say, simple IRA is if I put $5,000 into my Roth IRA, I do not get a tax deduction. I'm using after-tax dollars just like I was put into a brokerage account, just like I was going out and buying something from the store. For the IRS's point of view, now it does get reported, but the IRS doesn't generally care about it. As long as you're staying under the contribution limits, the IRS is like, hey, you got to do what you need to do. It's not a tax deduction. So that's between you and your financial advisor, whoever you're using to invest in this Roth IRA. We talk about Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks somewhat interchangeably, but there are some differences here on what kind of makes sense to do based on how much you make, how much you want to put in there and stuff like that. One of the big key points here that I have to talk about that is going to be the exact same for a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k is the big level of flexibility here. The difference between putting money into a regular 401k or putting money into a Roth 401k is let's just take myself for an example. I'm 35 years old and I'm going to put in $20,000 into my regular 401k. I'm getting a tax deduction for it. $20,000 is in that 401k. Flash forward to January and something catastrophic happens and I really need money. And I am left to no resort, but I need to take money out of somewhere. And my 401k is the only place left. I'm 35 years old. I'm not at full retirement age yet. Full retirement age doesn't hit until 60. So I'm a little bit ways off from there. If I take that $20,000 out of my 401k, not only am I going to pay tax on that, right? Because I already got a tax deduction this year. So if I take it out next year, I'm going to have to pay that back. I'm also going to hit with early withdrawal penalties for taking it out too early. Now, depending on what income level you're at, you could be paying around 50% taxes on that. And I've warned about this in the past, that a traditional IRA, a simple IRA, a 401k is a one-way street. When you put that money in there, you are getting a tax deduction and the IRS is really going to hammer you if you have to take it out. So I always tell people, hey, while I love to see people contributing and having money grow in their retirement accounts and compound interest is a magical thing, there is no flexibility here. Do not put any money in there that you think that you might need in the near future because there's just no options to get that out in an effective way without taking a massive haircut with taxes and early withdrawal penalties and the like. This is where it is completely different for a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k. Since we are not getting a tax deduction for it, the rules on these are a little bit different. Let's say that I put $20,000 into a Roth 401k right now today. If this time a year from now, I need to take money out there, it's probably going to be worth, let's say I'm good at investing. Let's say it went up 10%. 
and that Roth 401k is now worth $22,000. Now, I am not allowed to touch the earnings. The earnings are protected. The earnings I need to keep in there until full retirement age, right? I put $20,000 in there. It's worth $22,000. So two of that, $2,000 of that is earnings. $20,000 of that is going to be my contributions. If I want to go ahead and take that $20,000 out of there, that's perfectly fine, right? We did not get a tax deduction for it. So the IRS says, hey, this is a retirement vehicle with a little bit more flexibility here. Same thing for a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k, but a little bit different as we're going to talk about in a second. Either way, though, the flexibility of being able to pull out your contributions or pull out your principal that you've put in there is really an attractive thing for some people, especially someone that says, hey, you know what? I want to kind of get into this. I want to kind of grow this money and invest this in a tax-free way but I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to this 100%. This is why Roths are so popular. I've alluded to this enough times on there, so let's talk about the contribution limits. The contribution limits is one thing that is going to be probably the major deciding factor between doing a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k. So just like regular IRAs, a Roth IRA would not be something that you would set up inside your business. That is something directly attached to you personally, your spouse personally, kids. It is a personal account. Whether you're a business owner, whether you're an employee manager, whatever you are, anyone can set up a Roth IRA if they would like to. Now, just like a regular 401k, a Roth 401k has to be done on the business level. Virtually the same exact rules. And if you have a 401k plan set up already, there's a good chance that you might already have an option to be contributed on a Roth basis. The standard choice when you set up a 401k is to make pre-tax contributions, but most 401k plans are set up so that you could either do pre-tax or you could do post-tax, which would be Roth contributions. So right now at my company, we have about 30 people that contributed to our retirement plan on it. And I would say probably about five, maybe seven of them do not contribute any pre-tax money. They contribute all of their money in the form of Roth contributions. They get matches, they get profit sharing, just like any other contribution on it, but it's just a little bit different because of how the taxation works. So on a Roth IRA, on an individual level, if you are 50 and younger, you are gonna be able to put in $6,000 a year. Now, if you are 50 and older or over 50, you can put an extra thousand, so the limit is going to be $7,000. Not too bad, right? But not a ton of money. Now, on the other hand, if you have a Roth 401k, those go to regular 401k limits. So if you are under 50, that's going to be 22,500, which is already three, almost four times um, the Roth IRA limit. And if you're 50 or older, you can actually put in $30,000. Massive difference here. Right there, there's probably some deciding factor. Hey, you know what? I want to put in about 15 grand. Hey, if you want to put in 15 grand, you're probably looking at a Roth 401k. Now, if your business does not have a 401k set up, then obviously that's something that you would need to get set up. If your business currently has a 401k, like I said, go check with your people that handle that and see if you can start doing that. Well, don't check and see if you can start doing that. Talk to someone to see if this makes sense for you, right? And lastly, if you have a simple IRA and you're a business owner, 
you can talk to your financial advisor about possibly switching that over to a 401k because that would allow you to do Roth contributions. But like I said, there's going to be some more ins and outs. There's some more positives and negatives here, but something that is great to ask. Like I said, it's not that your financial advisor is not doing you a good job if you've maybe it's not advised you to this. There could be really two reasons on that. Hey, maybe a Roth doesn't make sense for you based on what your goals are, based on what your tax rates are. And maybe it just is not a fit. They've already looked at that and they said, no, we're not even going to offer it. Also, like I said, is for every 100 people that I see contributing to our 401k on a pre-tax basis, there's one person doing a Roth. Roth contributions are generally not as popular on it, not because they don't have merit, they're just not as commonly seen. So a lot of financial advisors will default and set it up to a pre-tax contribution, but would be, I'm sure, happy to sit down and kind of give you the ins and outs on what makes sense. Really probably the most common reason of why people do pick to either do a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k also comes into something that is really never seen in other types of retirement account, and that is an income limitation. So if you're single and you make more than $144,000 in a year, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. You make too much money. If you're married, that limit goes up. But if you, as a married couple, make more than $214,000, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA as well. Now, in those cases for high-income earners that want to do this, you're almost always pushed to a Roth 401k. I talk about this before, and I always end up telling you guys this because the idea has come to my head. Even if you do not have an option to do a Roth 401k, maybe you're not self-employed, maybe for whatever reason you don't want to set one up at your business, there is ways to contribute to a Roth if you make too much money. They're called backdoor Roth conversions and stuff like that. There's trickier ways to get around it, but I'm not going to get into that because that's not my forte. There's a way to do it, but it is not something that I would be doing. It is definitely not something that you would be doing. You would have to get a financial advisor to kind of educate you on and set and implement that plan. But if this is something you're interested in, like I said, there's a will, there's a way. So big difference here between a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k, not only the amount of money that you can put in into a year, um, but also going to be the contribution or the income restrictions on how much you can make if and still be able to contribute. Um, but both of them give us awesome flexibility and something that a lot of people don't think about when they start funding your retirement. Napatrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. They provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napatrax offers the industry's best wholesale support hands down. They train your people on site. Yes, on site. They also offer remote refresher training 10 times a week and customer support is open six days a week. Give them a call, visit them, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. They'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napatrax is always customized and tailored for your business, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Is your recruitment process draining your valuable time and resources? What if there was a partner who could take your recruitment efforts off your plate? Look no further. 
Promotive is your ultimate solution for hassle-free staffing focused solely on the motive industry. On the web at gopromotive.com. Promotive understands the challenges you face when searching for the perfect technician or service advisor for your shop. That's why we've developed a platform that takes the hassle out of recruiting. Michelle Tanzi from Euroclinic said, I am a shop owner and recruiting new talent is so time-consuming. Promotive does the majority of the seeking and recruiting. They reach out to the candidates for you, and when they feel they are a good match for you and culture, they make the connection. They follow up throughout the interview process, and we make sure that the candidates are a good fit, and the shop is a good fit for the candidates. I admire that they genuinely want both parties to win. They recruited and paired us with a solid B-Tech and Master Tech. Both left a dealership position and are still part of our team. We are very happy with the character and culture match, and both technicians have become valuable team members. Visit our website at gopromotive.com today and join the growing community of shop owners who have found their ideal team members with Promotive. So before I get into a couple different ways of other ways that you can use a Roth IRA other than classical retirement savings on it, I want to kind of illustrate an example to kind of hammer home the metrics and, and how this stuff works. And so what I did is just kind of ran two different models here on putting $5,000 into a traditional IRA versus putting $5,000 into a Roth IRA. If I put $5,000 into a traditional IRA, I'm going to get probably about a $1,200, maybe $1,500 tax deduction, depending on what my tax bracket is, right? Because we get a tax deduction for putting money in there. Now, the government always wants to tax this stuff at least once. If we did not pay any tax to put that money in, what's going to happen when we take that money out in the future? It's going to be taxable, right? Not only the money I put in, the money that it's earned, the money that it's appreciated, it is all going to be taxable. So if I put in $5,000 today, and let's say that's worth $30,000 when I retire, if I take that $30,000 out, that is all going to be taxable to me. And let's just say that we have kind of a similar tax bracket. It's probably going to be about $7,500, $9,000 in taxes, something like that. We are getting some instant gratification, and then we are kind of taking the hit later on that. This episode is not to dissuade people from doing pre-tax retirement accounts. And probably for a lot of people, it still makes perfect sense. One of the things here that you have to think about is, what is my tax bracket today versus what is my tax bracket going to be when I retire? If you're operating a business, you're doing well, you're making a bunch of money, hey, you could be in a 20, 30% tax bracket where you're getting a pretty massive saving. Now, when you're 73 years old, sitting on the front porch, not working, hopefully, right? Maybe not a whole lot of other income coming in there. Do you think that your tax bracket's going to be higher or lower than what it is now, right? And that's what a lot of people are kind of leveraging on this of, hey, obviously I'm getting the tax hit. But time value of money and what I expect my tax bracket to be in the future, I think it's going to be lower than what it is now. Tricky thing here is all the stuff that we've been talking about, inflation, overspending the government, credit defaulting on our loans, the credit issues that we're having as far as a worldwide lender on this, that, hey, who knows? At this point, 30% tax bracket today could be the 78% tax bracket in 30 years, but no one ever knows, right? But just to kind of illustrate that, hey, it's not just, well, Hunt, why the heck would I ever do this? Yeah, there's different ins and outs of this. And this is assuming tax rates stay the same. When you're working, probably have a little bit of higher tax bracket than when you're not working whatsoever. Now, let's do that same example with a Roth IRA. 
So I put that same $5,000 into that Roth. And again, I'm going to be doing the same exact investments. They work virtually the same way. That's going to be worth $30,000 when I retire. Again, 72 years old, sitting on the porch, and I need some money. I want to buy something. Maybe I want to buy a new car. I don't know. Whatever I'm going to buy when I'm 73 years old. And I take that money out. I don't need to set any money away for Uncle Sam. That $30,000 is not taxable. I put it in there. I didn't touch it. I let it grow. I'm at full retirement age. I do not owe a single cent on that. This is kind of a little bit of instant gratification kind of illustrated here, right? Hey, instant gratification now. You pay for it later. Hey, with a Roth IRA, maybe we take our licks now. Don't get a tax deduction. Now, in the future, hey, have a big payday and don't have any taxes owed on it. Hopefully that kind of gave you a better idea on what your options are here for retirement. And does it make sense to do pre-tax, post-tax, whatever else and something in between? And like I said, if nothing else, hopefully it, it gave you kind of a push to call up your financial advisor or whoever handles your retirement investment stuff and say, hey, can we talk about this? Does it make sense? Does it not? Et cetera, et cetera. Let's go down quickly through a couple other ways to use this. One of the most infamous, I won't say infamous, but it came out a couple of years ago and it shocked a lot of people and it made a lot of people mad. And so there's a guy named Peter Thiel. He was an early investor in PayPal. I think he was the founder of PayPal. He's been a startup investor for a number of years, very wealthy guy, was involved in Google, Facebook, a ton of stuff. Peter Thiel is also one of the most against paying taxes people that are out there. And he's very vocal about this. Taxation is theft, and he does not like paying taxes. And regardless of what a lot of people think, most of these guys, especially someone of that stature making that much money, aren't doing stuff 100% illegal. I'm sure some of them are, but you don't think the IRS is going to check on people that are making that much money, right? Most of these guys are going right up to the edge, right? Hey, you set the rules. Don't be mad when we use them to our favor. And that is exactly what Peter Thiel did. Peter Thiel, why I'm talking about him is he has, I think, when last time I was reading about this, the most valuable Roth IRA of anyone out there. Last time that they were able to see, and I think this was back in 2020, 21, his Roth IRA was worth about $5 billion with a B. $5 billion. To make it even a little bit crazier here, because this stuff is all reported to the IRS, so they know how much is in there. In 1999, it was worth $2,000. So it was worth $2,000. Virtually, he had nothing in there until 2020. How did he get $5 billion in a Roth IRA? I know what you're thinking, Hunt, I don't get the math here. Even if he was old enough, if you put $30,000 into there for 20 years straight, you're not going to be anywhere close to $5 billion. So how was he able to do this? Now, if you remember before, like I said, he is a, an investor in startup, private equity, venture capital firms. And those guys are looking for the home runs, right? They are not looking to say, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars. You're going to give me back $2 million. No, they're looking to say, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars. You're going to give me back $100 million right? They're looking to hit those home runs. And what a lot of people don't understand about a Roth IRA is a Roth IRA can own a lot of stuff. It can own private companies, it can public companies, and a lot of other stuff in between that we're not going to get into. But his example is very interesting 
because instead of using his own money, or he also has a investment firm as well, instead of using them to invest in some of these businesses, he instead used his Roth IRA. So to give an example here, if he put $1,000 into a Roth IRA, and then he was able to get into early, early, early seed stage investment, right? And this is not uncommon to see. And he buys a million shares for, what's that, 0 0.001, 0.1 cents, a tenth of a cent. So he has a million shares and he spent $1,000 for it, right? It's worthless. These kids have an idea. They're thinking about setting up some sort of payment platform where you can do it with your phone. I don't know. I'm going to give them a try and see what happens. Now, turns out that the company turns out to be PayPal and it goes public and the initial public offering goes off and the value of each of those shares now rises to $50. He bought it for a tenth of a cent. All those shares go up to 50 bucks. How much is his Roth IRA now worth? His Roth IRA is now worth about $50 million. He just turned $1,000 and turned into 50 million. Now, what you might be saying to yourself is, holy cow, how could I ever find an investment that can take me from $1,000 to 50 million. To put this into perspective, he went from zero to 5 billion. It's something that I don't think he's ever publicly talked about. No one really knows exactly how he did this because also if you're doing bad investments in your Roth IRA, that's gonna go down as well. So how do you create $5 billion worth of gains in there? There is strategies here where you can sell stuff to yourself. It gets very gray or maybe selling it for below market or maybe cherry picking and saying, hey, I know this is a home run. I'm going to put this one in there. Either way, right? Even if you have a crystal ball, that's still going to be impressive. When this came out, people were obviously outraged about this because he is not going to pay any tax on that $5 billion when he takes it out. He could take all of that money out of his Roth IRA today and put $5 billion in his checking account, and the government would not get a single cent. Now, I don't think the government would get a single cent anyways. I think he's actually like a New Zealand resident now, but that's a different subject altogether. But this is turning into a huge investment tool for the wealthy, right? Now, for the individual, it's very hard to kind of get into speculative enough investments to be able to have that much return, but even some more basic investments might not be a bad idea either. I give you an idea just to kind of open your eyes. And like I said, on the Roth world, Peter Thiel is kind of the God amongst men there that's figured out a way to kind of just completely demolish the system that they've built. But let's just take a look at a brokerage account, right? Let's just say you go around, you mess with a brokerage account. And it's funny, our intern this summer, Christian, actually texted me before about possibly starting up a Roth IRA and I was like, this is too weird. I'm literally going to talk about this tonight. But we were talking about investing. So let's say that you go out and you have an E-Trade account. And maybe you're day trading. Maybe you're doing whatever. But you put $5,000 in there. And obviously, that's going to be after-tax money. So no sort of tax savings or rules on that. And end of the year, you end up being worth $10,000. You have $5,000 worth of gain you're going to probably end up paying about, I don't know, it's short-term capital gains, especially if you're day trading there, maybe about $2,000, $1,500 in taxes, right? So now we're down to 8,500 bucks if you're going to use your investment account to pay for its own tax hit there. Now, if you were to, instead of set up that E-Trade account in your personal name, but it's set up in your Roth IRA, 
that would not be the case whatsoever. Your Roth IRA would get a statement to say, hey, you have $5,000 in gain this year. Remember, we do not pay any tax on the appreciation on the gain, none of that, as long as we don't touch it. So if I have that same investment going into next year, my Roth IRA, I now have $10,000 to day trade. I now have $10,000 to invest in other stocks versus if I'm using that brokerage account, I am only going to have $8,500 because every time I buy, sell, make a trade, cash in, I'm hitting a tax hit every single time. The Roth IRA for a brokerage account is the way that any normal person can go out and do their trading in a mindset or in a way that's not going to be hit and hit with taxes. Now, the big thing here is, remember what I talked about before, is the difference is going to be, hey, if that brokerage account gets up to $30,000 and it's truly in your personal name, yeah, take all the money out. You obviously are going to have to pay taxes on it regardless, but you can take all that money out. The Roth IRA, we can take out the money that we put in there, but we have to leave those earnings alone. But a great way to kind of invest in regular publicly traded stocks and options and not get hit on taxes. The last one on here that I'll leave you with is kids, right? We've talked about putting kids on payroll and why it's a good idea. Now, one of the things that I did not talk about because it is not an issue for most adults here is you can only contribute to a Roth IRA if you have earned income, right? So if you don't work, if you don't have any income, you cannot put money into a Roth IRA. Kids very seldom have a Roth IRA because most kids do not work. But let's say that your kid is in advertising in your business. They are helping around the shop and they're making $6,000 a year on payroll. You could then, instead of putting that $6,000 into a 529 or instead into your checking account or their savings account or money market, how about you put that money into a Roth? So if you put that money into a Roth retirement account every single year, that's going to be able to grow tax deferred for them. If you ever need to get that money out, like I said before, you can always take out whatever you've put in there. You just can't touch the earnings. They're going to college. It's now worth 120, but we've put 100 in there. Great, I'll pull out that 100 grand out of my Roth IRA and use it to pay for college. Maybe you don't need that money for college. Maybe the kids get married, you got to pay for a wedding. You can use it for a wedding. Maybe you don't have to pay for a wedding. Maybe they want to get a house and maybe you want to buy it for a house. Now, when I get past this next part, you have to tell them about this, right? It's going to be in their social. They need to know about this. But maybe when they turn 18 and you say, hey, you know what? You're not getting a paycheck from the shop anymore. You're on your own. You're earning your own money. You don't even tell them anything about this Roth IRA. If you were to have $200,000 in there when they're 18 and don't touch it and save all of that for retirement, they would end up having almost a million dollars or $960,000 by the time they're at retirement age. None of that's going to be taxable to them. If they're 62 years old and they say, hey, great, I'm going to take out $400,000, they're not going to pay a single cent on this. What a jump start to retirement. Now, realistically, I get it. Probably not going to be able to leave that alone and forget about it. But I've seen it happen when, like I said before, compound interest is a magical thing. It really has less to do with how much money you put in there and more to do with how long it stays in there. Because, yeah, it's great that you put a million dollars in there. But if you only have that for a year, you know what? If I put $100,000 in, there were pretty simple returns. Back 40 years ago, it's going to be worth the same right? But cost me a lot less. So if you do have kids on payroll, you're doing it because they're providing essential services for your business. 
but they might not necessarily need that kind of spending money there. Looking at a Roth is going to be a great idea. And another thing, I'm kind of giving you a hit list here of talking to your retirement uh, advisor about this and kind of seeing, hey, you know what? If I'm already talking about Roth or myself, I got three kids on payroll, all of them contributing to a Roth. Maybe it works for you. Hey, it's your business. It's your life. Hopefully this opened your eyes a little bit. And, and hopefully this was a bit insightful. And if nothing else, showed you even more of why you need to be talking to a professional, right? And, and a lot of times people say, oh, huh, could you give me some investment advice? And there is some stuff, right? A lot of what we talked about is, is stuff that I use in, in my own day-to-day -day life on this. And obviously I, I enjoy investing on the side. And so I will give kind of off the cuff stuff, never anything official, but more of like, hey, this is what I do. Not that it's right, not that it's wrong. This is what I do. But really sitting down and talking to a professional is going to save you money in the long run. And I gave someone a little bit of grief the other day because they kind of balked at this. And I said, you pay me to prepare a tax return and you want to handle your own retirement yourself. And not to devalue my services, but if you really tried, you could go ahead and you could do your taxes right or within enough margin that it's virtually identical and it's not going to make any difference, right? It's not that I don't think that taxes are essential and having a CPA is very helpful, but there is ways that you could figure this out, especially your personal tax return. Business, eh, don't try that one. Never really seen that work out well. But on the other hand of things, you are deciding to handle your retirement yourself without any sort of outside advice or counsel. I would be shocked. I would say there's a 99.9% .9 chance that if you handle your own retirement yourself, you might not get into the poorhouse and not be able to retire, but I guarantee you that you're probably missing out on investment opportunities and strategies that could have made you money with probably doing no work. Oh, I don't want to pay their fees. Hey, you pay my fee to, in order to save you money and educate you more about your business and your taxes and your accounting, right? Same thing with a retirement professional. You don't think that there's a way for them to get return on their investment? If they all were a ripoff and they're charging fees and they're not actually delivering results, I don't think anyone would use them. And as a wise man once told me, it's the who, not the how. You don't need to be an expert on everything, but you do need to find one. So as always, please share with friends. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. Thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.